0: If you're ready for a baptism service, say amen, hallelujah, glory to God. Woo! Come on.
1: Slap your neighbor high five and thank them for being here. We are excited that you're here. My name is Joe Y. Rostick. I'm your friendly neighborhood pastor. I want to thank Brother Ish for bringing a great word last week. Let's give it up for Ishmael Lopez. We love that word. I've been listening to that word many times. I listened to both services, and even this morning, I was listening to that word. Thank you, Artimano. Uh Last week, I was suffering in Louisiana and South Florida in 80 degree weather. Uh, please pray for me. I have a sunburn, I've been peeling a little bit up here. <laughs> <laughs> I came back, and the snow was gone, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then it started snowing right after I said that, and, I, and it just felt like the Lord was punishing me because it snowed like two inches last night. But uh, you know, I am so happy to be back. There is no place like home. I wish we had f- Florida weather in Chicago, so like global warming would either happen, so buy more SUVs, or that the, uh, the globe would just shift, and Florida would become Antarctica, whatever, and we would become like the new equator. I do think about these things. So the way I say it is I love Florida weather but I love Chicago living. Can I get a woo-woo? Amen. I love Chicago. So let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. It's the passage we're going to go to today. It's an exciting time. Thank you friends and family for coming for the baptisms today. Baptism is not what saves us. It's a representation that we are saved. So they are not getting saved today. The water does not save them. So if you put a sinner into this water, they come out of the water still a sinner, okay? And then we don't baptize infants or those who can't make a profession of faith. Those who have been baptized as infants need to do the baptism of a believer as Jesus taught. There's never one place in the Bible where Jesus baptized a baby, so that's why we don't do it children have a place in heaven so they don't need the baptism as extra inheritance. But as we get older and know ourselves and can make a confession of faith, that's what we do to be saved and then baptism represents it. So when they go into the the water, they're representing the death of their old self like how Jesus was crucified and then buried and then they come up new soaking wet. So the, the action of the baptism actually represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And just like communion, It's not the real body and blood of Jesus. How many are thankful you're not cannibals? Just as communion is an example of something, this baptism is an example for Christians to demonstrate to the world that they have died to their old self, been buried, and their past is over, and now they are risen with Christ to live a new life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. And I want to tell you, I couldn't have planned a better baptism message. This literally is a message as we are going through the whole book of Ephesians, verse by verse, that just popped up right at today. And you tell me as you listen to it if it is not perfect. I just absolutely think it is. God has a way of doing it. There are no Holy Ghost uh, accidents. They are Holy Ghost setups. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a Holy Ghost setup put it up it's a holy ghost setup put up your hands and surrender and just say lord it's a holy ghost setup because god wants you to hear this friends and family and those who have been around the church for a while so we are in the book of ephesians going verse by verse and we're learning about being in him everybody say in christ That is the hymn there that we are in. We're going to start in verse 17, but the passage that you opened up to, verse 22, will be the one we discussed today. Now, what's unique about how this church is going through the passages in Ephesians is we're taking them on like in chunks so that you can digest it in a way to understand it. And I want to encourage you to read your book, uh, the book of Ephesians, your Bible, every single week. And so at least one time a day, read Ephesians if you need to break it up into small chapters or take one day just to read it all. Now, what I'm going to do today is read a long passage. Those of you who have been around for a while, you know what I'm going to do here. But I want to encourage you to listen to it as if it was Paul speaking to you. Imagine you are one of these people in the city of Ephesus. You've given your heart to God, and now you want to know what it's like to live for Jesus. This is the teaching of, a, of, of the ancient church. This is what the ancient people, I know a lot of times we don't think of Christians being an ancient people, but they are. We're ancient. We come back 2,000 years in our history and all the way back to the time of of creation, Adam and Eve, that's 6,000 years of history in your Bible starting with Genesis one one. So listen to it as I read through it, and I pray that you will capture the thought that Paul says here about Christian living. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their thinking. The Gentiles are those who do not know or believe, God, believe in God. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Somebody say full of greed. Thank you. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you learned about Christ, when you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus Christ. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to put on the new, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody say created to be like God. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully, to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with their own hands. Somebody say, Do something useful. Thank you with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you are sealed with for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now remember, the original letter had no verses or chapters, so continue reading. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Somebody say, walk in the way of love. Thank you. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. Somebody say, I can be sure of this. Thank you. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness. Somebody say, I used to be darkness. But say, now I'm light. Thank you. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is even shameful to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Somebody say, get your shine on. Amen. Amen. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many know the days are evil? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen for the Word of God today? Amen. Amen. What you just heard were the instructions of Christian living that Paul gave the people of Ephesus. Here they are broken down into the 17 main categories that we're going through as a church. And notice how today we're going over number two, taking off the old and putting on the new. But as you went through that message, did you hear these things being brought up to you? That you're not supposed to be ignorant anymore, having a hard heart, being sensual, impure, or greedy. That you're to take off the old, put on the new. Take off falsehood and put on the truth. Don't give a place to the devil through your anger. Don't steal but work hard so you can share. Speak wholesome words out of your mouth that build others up and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and malice. That's all you would see on entertainment today with keeping up with the Kardashians or what is in politics and the way that they live and act. Get rid of all of those things. It says be kind, compassionate, forgiving. Follow Jesus and walk in love. How many believe you can follow Jesus' example? The Bible wouldn't have commanded us to do something unless we can do it. Avoid sexual immorality. It says we're not even supposed to have the hint of impurity, greed, obscenity, foolish talking, coarse joking. We shouldn't laugh at dirty jokes or find in common what the world finds in common, what they find funny. We should be like children of the light, making the most of our time. We should not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. Why are people on their second and third marriage? Because they're foolish. They don't know the will of marriage. Why are children disobedient to their parents? Because they're foolish. They don't know to obey their parents. Why do we see the mess today in our schools? Because we kick God out of our schools, and the devil says, I have a plan for these children. It's about time we bring prayer back into school. Amen? Amen. When they took prayer out, we replaced it with school shootings. This is a new phenomenon in our country. But this is what God is saying. Don't be foolish. Don't mutilate your body. Pump yourself full of hormones and try to change your gender. Know the will of God. Are you listening? Don't join a gang and try to fight and kill over a piece of property that doesn't belong to you. You're foolish. Know the will of God and what masculinity really is. What conquering is really about. Fight and conquer the devil. Amen. It says, make the most of your time. Don't be foolish. Know the will of the Lord. Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't ever have to worry about a hangover after you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just keeps filling and filling and filling and giving us his presence. And it says here to speak to each other. And to sing to each other. I know it sounds silly, but why is it kids do it so naturally? What has taken away your childhood heart is the embarrassment of your fellow man. uh, The pressure that you feel to be so proud and, and so, you know, awesome in front of people. But guys, I want to tell you, especially the men, one of the most awesome things you can do is learn to sing to yourself. Sing to your children and sing in church. It will heal your heart. It will bring you closer to your brother. It will bring you closer to your family. At the end of most, I don't want to say all because we don't always remember, but at the end of most of our meals at our house, we end with singing. And it's epic. I want to tell you that. It's epic. I mean, you can almost see it like in the Lord of the Rings, you know, as they get ready to start a journey and these dwarves start singing, you know, the misty mountain, you know, they start singing and it's almost like around my table, you know, be thou my vision. You can just sense the epicness of it. This is what God created us for. And it says always give thanks to God for everything. You can't be ungrateful and grateful at the same time. You have to be grateful for the things God has given you before you ask him for a thousand more new things, you know. Don't come to him like Jimmy saying, I'll take all you that, that you give me. Be thankful for what he's already done. Thank him for his daily bread. Thank him for the life that you're living. And, of course, then present your requests to him. And I've been teaching this to my children. Do not present your requests to God without thanksgiving because that's what Philippians chapter 4 says. In all of your requests, present them with thanksgiving. So when my kids pray for the food and pray for this, I say, you always have to add Thanksgiving to that. And they'll thank God for their bed. They'll thank God for a hot shower. How many know that stuff ain't free? You got to pay for that. Amen. These are the instructions to Christian living. And when we get into our passage today, we see that Paul starts it off by telling us how we're going to do this. We are not going to do these things in our own strength. We're going to do it because Christ gave us a new self that is set to default to do these things. Oh, y'all didn't get that. There is a new self that God wants to give you that is set to default to follow these things. Just like a good compass is set by default to north, God wants to set the new self to default to do these things. So if these things are not a part of your your consistent life, I would question whether or not you have been born again. And those of us who are born again and keep putting on the old self, that is a despicable thing to do to yourself. That is like punishing yourself. It would be like today, instead of me going to my hangers where all my nice clean clothes are, going there to the place where I put all my dirty clothes in the laundry and pulling those out and putting them on and coming to be with you today. Everybody goes, stinky. It would stink and smell. Now, I'll be honest with you. As a single man, I used to do that, but I would give it the smell test. Okay, this might work again today, but my wife saw that early on, and she said, no, you ain't doing it like that no more. You're not rolling out this house, pulling out something like that. See, the old self stinks. The old self is of Adam when he fell in rebellion and treason to God, but God has a better way, not a way where we fix ourselves, but where God gives us the complete package Salvation is not a self-help program where you take your step and then God takes his step. Salvation is not 90% God and 10% you. Salvation is 100% God and 0% you. Faith in Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Salvation comes because of God's gift to you. Just like today, you couldn't earn the space station, the most expensive thing that man has ever made. And if someone were to give that to you, it would be impossible for you to earn that money. It is even more impossible for you to earn the new self, but yet the new self is for everyone. Let's read this passage together as I speak on it for a few moments. Ephesians 22, uh, verse 22 and 24 of chapter 4, 1, 2, 3, you were with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Isn't that a powerful passage? Here are the things I want you to consider as we learn about this before we do the baptisms. And are you already getting this? Isn't this an awesome message to have on a baptism day? Taking off the old and putting on the new. The first thing I want you to see in the passage is it's your choice to who you'll be. God is not going to force you to do this. He's not some sicko psychopath that says, hey, kid, you want some candy? And then he gets you into his cargo van and then drives off and he says, angels, dress them up like a a doll. Dress them up in a dress. Put on lipstick and they force off your clothes and put on these clothes. I mean, that's a nightmare, right? God is not going to force you to put on Christianity. God is not going to force you to change your attitude or get rid of your stinking thinking. He is not a divine kidnapper. It is your choice to what you put on or what you take off. And my friend, if you have not put on Christ by default, you have on Adam's sinful nature. You have the choice today to either remain as you are a child of wrath under Adam's sin, sinful in your nature, or to be made new into the nature of Christ in the image of God. See, it's your choice. All those who go to hell go there because of their choice. There's no one in hell that has not chosen it. God is not forcing anyone to go there. He is such a God of love that he gave humanity a choice. If you don't want to be in my garden, you don't have to be. If you don't want me making the rules of good and evil, you don't have to be. There's a serpent and there's a tree. That's your choice. And it's still that way today. It's your choice. You can make your own rules if you want. You can determine that that child inside of a womb is just flesh and rip it out with a suction and abortion and procedures. You can deceive yourself. You can change the definition of sexuality if you want. God will let you do that on his planet. But you will suffer eternity in hell for it because he loves you enough to not force you to be with him for eternity. He gives you a choice. No one is in hell that hasn't first chosen it. So do you want to take off the old and put on the new? I do. I don't want to live in the old. But see, the thing about the old, as the passage says, is that it's deceiving. See, it deceives us. Listen to to that passage. It says, take off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. How many of you know that your flesh has deceitful desires? See, all we have to do to know about your deceitful desires is just pull out pictures of your junior prom, who you went to prom with, and we'll see how you lied to yourself. You thought that that uh, that prom date, ladies, was going to be your man. You were going to run off into the sunset together. But where is he at now? Come on. And men, all we have to do is look at all the things you've wasted your life on as well. You see, we've been deceived by our sinful desires. And what is probably the greatest deception that we have in our own sinful desire is that we can save ourselves. Well, you see, now I'm on the planet Earth. I didn't make it, but I do pretty good at doing stuff here. I'm kind of in charge. Boy, I get to make money and be in in the one in the driver's seat. I get to buy my car. Whoa, I'm kind of my own man. I'm a self-made man. Look at me. And we kind of get this attitude. Well, I'm not as bad as others. Well, of course, nobody's perfect. I'm not like Mother Teresa, but thank God I'm not like uh, Hitler. So look at me. And we start to get this idea like, hey, If there is a God out there, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm sure God will get it when I get up there. He'll explain to me some stuff and tell me how good of a person I was. You see, that's deception. Let me tell you, you can no more change yourself and save yourself than you can bring yourself to heaven. Right now, do it. Do it, Mr. Hotshot. Bring yourself to heaven. Go to the place of God's throne room. Present yourself there now, Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes. Show us how perfect you've done this world that you don't need Jesus to go to heaven. You'll bring yourself there. You can no more bring yourself to heaven than you can save yourself. Let me tell you what you're doing right now is you think you're self-making yourself. All you're doing is arranging furniture on the sinking Titanic. That's all you're doing. The ship is sinking. And you're like, look at me. I'm in so much control. I can move this chair over here. I can do this over here. Maybe while it's sinking, I'll learn a new language. Look how smart I am. Maybe I'll find somebody to have sex with. But my friend, the ship is still sinking. Imagine being in the top tower in the 9-11 at the top floor of one of those towers. And it's been hit. And it's going to fall. And now you just start grabbing everybody's wallet. Look, I'm a millionaire. Your credit cards are worthless. And that's what man thinks. I will save myself. Your brain is deceiving you. You didn't create this world. You didn't create anything. You didn't even create your own cantaloupe-sized brain that causes you to doubt God. Humble yourself before your master. Humble yourself before your creator. Because of the corruption of your minds, you don't know what you don't know. And so, therefore, you must be changed by God, your creator. You must be born again, given a new self. The beauty of this is that since it doesn't depend on your good works, you don't have to earn it. You can receive it. So the proud, the, the one who says, I don't need to have forgiveness. i never murdered anybody. They're the ones that deserve hell. Because hell is not just for murderers. What God, Adam, and Eve kicked out of the garden wasn't murder, it was disobedience. And you saying, I don't need God is high treason against your king. It would be as if you were in my house, eating all of my food, sleeping in my bed, wearing my clothes, saying, I don't need you. You're in God's world, breathing his oxygen, applying the laws that he put here, and you're a fool to say you don't need him. You cannot save yourself. Your friends can't save you. Your family can't save you. Oftentimes we think these people in our lives will save us. We think like getting in a relationship will save us. We'll just talk to anybody that's married, folk. Does marriage automatically make you a happier person? Come on, does marriage automatically make you sing in the rain? And then you talk to people who haven't had kids. Well, when I have children, children will make me happy. How many sleepless nights have you had yet before you lose that bit of happiness? Children can also cost you your mind. You can lose your mind raising your children. One man said, my grandchildren are a blessing for me not killing my children. I didn't say it. He said it. Ask him what it meant. If having sex makes you happy, why aren't those who perform pornography the most happiest? If having money makes you happy, why are they the ones today getting all the faceless, doing all the psychotropic drugs to make their brain convince them they're happy? Come on, somebody, be honest with yourself. It's like you're a bucket with a hole in it. And yeah, these things are good in moments. Yeah, education is good. Yes, family is good. But don't you just feel it leaking out, that there's something more? Don't you feel like you're trying to put a square peg into a round hole? You have to know you weren't made to live by your flesh. You were made to live by God and the Spirit. That's why Jesus has a new self for you. Somebody say, a new self. It's a new self in Christ. If you could have done this on your own, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die. He would have said, just do this, do this, do this, and then you'll see me in heaven. Jesus died that we might live. He was punished that we might go free. He took upon us, the, he took upon himself the wrath we deserve. Therefore, if we don't now receive from Christ his free gift, it is a smack in his face. Literally, the Bible says it as this, as Hebrews ten thirty six says, 26, that you trample on the blood of Jesus. To go to hell, everybody listen to me, please. To go to hell with your old self, you must trample on the blood of Jesus under your feet. Just got back from Mardi Gras. People pee on the streets out there. They're so drunk. All the alcohol is dumped out there. People puke out there. It smells so nasty. And you walk on that, and it's disgusting. But imagine, imagine sinners with all of that disgust now walking on the precious blood of Jesus. What a shame. But we've all been there, haven't we? All of us today who are Christians used to walk on the blood of Jesus, abusing the grace of God, using it as a license to sin, saying, well, God will forgive me. But what changed? What changed? Did the outside change? No, the inside changed when you got born again. When you surrendered to God, he changed your heart. And you didn't see the blood of Jesus as some little dirty rag you keep in your garage just to wipe nasty things with that you could use again. No, you saw the blood of Jesus as something precious, literally as a healing balm that you would rub upon your hurted and broken soul to bring healing and restoration. It's by the blood of Jesus we're saved. And so your new self is a soul that's reborn in the image of Christ, and you get the mind and attitude of Jesus. Things change up here when you become a Christian. I'm telling you right now, before I was a Christian, I never thought I would stop cussing. but when I became a Christian, unwholesome words were like nails on a chalkboard. I still can't even listen to them today. But when I before I became a Christian, I thought that sex was all that girls were good for. I never had a relationship more than a few months. but when I gave my heart to Jesus, I longed for a companion, love, I wanted a wife. And then when I gave my heart to Jesus, I longed for children before I didn't care about children. They were an annoyance. I would torture my nephews, literally torture them, and I would get in trouble for messing with them. But when I became a Christian, God gave me a heart for children. Now I have five by his grace, six on the way. God will change your heart. Amen. I lost two friends as a sinner, and I never cried one time. One killed himself, and one jumped off a cliff on drugs. I never cried one tear. But at the cross of Jesus Christ, I cried. Uh, when I became saved, I cried for weeks, not only just of the, the pain of the past being delivered from me, but I cried in sentimentalness, understanding all the time I wasted with my friends and my family and how now I wanted it back and even tears of joy that I couldn't express without crying. Are you listening? They would tell me at the church, why are you still here? It's over. The service is over. These kids would come up to me, these church kids, who who thought that the world was a bunch of roses out there. And I said, you don't know what it's like. I've been lost in sin. I've been arrested eight times. I've had friends die. I'm so thankful to be in the presence of God. I can't stop telling them thank you. That's what it was like when I gave my heart to Jesus, because there was a new self. Now, have I sinned since being a Christian? Yes, but I know when I've sinned. I can't play it off. Those of you who play off, you don't know when you're sinning. You haven't met Jesus like I did. I knew within the first couple of weeks, smoking, no, that's not for me. Cussing, I remember doing it and feeling so grieved. And those things started dropping off of me because there was a new me on the inside. And then what you'll see in this passage is, look at this, you were created to be like God. Put on the new self, created to be like God into righteousness and holiness. This is what you were made for. Could you imagine, every man, look up at me please. I want to talk to men right now. Come on, give me a whoop whoop. Come on men. Could you imagine trying to nail in a nail into a board with a saw? And I'm talking one of those sharp saws, even one of the electric ones. Could you imagine taking that thing with its sharp blade and trying to pound in a nail? How do you think your fingers would feel after a while as it kept missing that nail and hitting your finger over and over? That is life without Christ. That is you trying to hold your marriage together and pound it in with your perversion or get your education and trying to pound it in with your selfish ambition. You destroy yourself and those around you. And the Bible says that's not what you were created for. You were created to be like God, like God, not like Lady Gaga, not like Donald Trump, not like Hillary Clinton. You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And let's be honest, all of us expect everybody to be like that. Or well, you say, well, nobody's perfect. We'll say that the next time somebody steps on your foot on the bus. Well, nobody's perfect. It's okay. No, you get angry. You should know better. You don't step on my foot. Tell that to the next time your boss skips some of your hours and doesn't pay you for it on your check. Well, nobody's perfect. It's okay. No, you go right to that boss and you shake your finger at their face. You say, I was here 40 hours. You only paid me for 35. Say, try this with your spouse. Next time they do something, that gets on your nerves. Well, nobody's perfect. It's okay. No, you shake your finger in their face. No, honey, you know I don't like steak or, or, or whatever. I, you know I like it cooked like this. You get so demanding. Why? Because all of us are broken and expect everybody else to be fixed. But God says nobody can fix themselves. So we have this compass on the inside that always points out when people are not like God. We point it out when they're not like God on our job. We point it out when they're not like God in our family. We point it out they're not like God in traffic. But here's the thing. God said, don't worry about your neighbor. You put on the new self. You be created and live like God in true righteousness and holiness. You make salvation personal. Start with you. So right now it's my responsibility To put on the new self, take off the old, and live like God. Because though I was born with a naughty nature, I can be born again into the divine nature. Jesus was my example, and I can be like him today. Somebody say amen. Let me just close out today with these 14 things that you are to put off and put on, literally from the passage. And so today, if you are not a Christian, start off by being born again today in this service and make Jesus' way of living your way of living. And if you are a Christian, say, this is my standard. I won't accept anything less. Amen? Amen? put off falsehood and put on speaking truthfully. Put off sinful anger and put on kindness. Put off stealing and put on sharing. Put off on wholesome talk and put, up, put on building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Put off grieving the Holy Spirit and put on obeying the Holy Spirit. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on. Put off all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander. That's your choice. And put off all forms of malice but put on kindness passion, and forgiveness. Put off sexual immorality and impurity and put on purity. Put off greed and put on generosity. Put off obscenity, foolish talking, coarse joking. Nobody's wagging your tongue today, but put on thanksgiving. Make it a choice. Put off darkness and put on life. Put off folly. Put on wisdom. Put off laziness and put on making the most of every opportunity. Put off ignorance. Don't stay ignorant. Put it off and put on understanding what the Lord's will is. And put off getting drunk, looking for pleasure in the worldly things. And put on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing and making songs from your heart. Singing to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for how many things? For how many things? Everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, will you stand up today? Come on. And let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are happy you don't have to live the old life anymore? (laughs) Stinking thinking is not the way you're going to live. You don't need junk in the trunk. Amen? You've been made a new creation. As the band and altar workers come, as we get ready to baptize today, I want to ask you this question. What kind of life are you going to live today? What are you going to do? It's your choice. I had to make mine. Those who are getting baptized today made theirs. What kind of way of living are you going to put on? Your old self, you're going to leave that on? Or are you going to take it off and put on the new self, created to be like God in righteousness and holiness? Does anywhere in here say that God is going to make you do it? No, it's your choice to put it on. Did anybody make you put on those clothes this morning? Come on. It's your choice. I love infants, but that's why we don't baptize them, because they haven't made that choice. That's a parent making that choice. You show me at one time in the Bible and I'll baptize the other three of my children who haven't made the choice. I'll just dunk them right now. My one-year-old, boom, you're baptized. Are you listening? You make choices. We're going to baptize the, how old's Johnny? Eight years old? Eight-year-old made a choice. You can make a choice. It's your choice. Nowhere here does it say God makes a choice. You make the choice. And then at the same time, watch this, everybody. Nowhere does it say you earn the new self either. Your choice to have a new life does not equal you earning a new life. Your choice is to receive a new life. That's your choice. It's your choice to receive it today. It's your choice. And so friends and family who came for the baptism today, thank you. But make sure you make your choice today. And if you're even visiting today and you're just seeing what's going on, it's a fun, exciting day for us, we want to make sure you make that choice. To be born again. To receive the new self. And then for those who are getting baptized, once again, we know this doesn't save you. This is just an illustration of what salvation looks like. You being buried with Christ, coming out new. Make this your standard of Christian living. Don't go back to your old ways. Choose Christ every day. I can tell you, 20 plus years serving Jesus, I have put on some of those stanky attitude, attitude like clothes, I put on some of that stuff before, it wasn't right. I remember coming back from Bible college looking at pornography in 96 and I said, man, this ain't right. I never looked at it again because it felt so wrong. Are you listening to me? I remember the last fight I got in was as a Christian, I was doing painting. The guy was helping out those on drugs and everything. He was a Christian. He was getting people off drugs by giving them a job. He left. The boss left. And these guys did not like me because they knew I was a Christian. They just literally wanted to jump me and fight me, and I ended up getting in a fight. I won. Praise God. Somebody said, amen. But in the midst of it, I caught a black eye, and it was Wednesday night church that night. I can't even tell you how embarrassed I was going to church with a black eye. I said, that's the last fight I'm gonna get into. Now, of course, you gotta defend yourself, but this wasn't even that. This was me like, all right, y'all wanna do it. I'll show you what kind of Christian I am right now. You know, I only been saved a few months. Like, y'all wanna test me? Let's go. Let's go right now. (laughs) Pastor wasn't always sanctified. No, but listen, listen, I can get crazy too. Listen, but coming to church with a black eye, I mean, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. My wife will tell you. There was two times in our marriage I yelled. And one time I got so mad I took a a pillow, just a pillow, and I threw it across the room. like, ah, I don't even remember what I was mad about. But I yelled and I threw my pillow. "Ah!" I'm telling you, man, afterwards I felt so convicted. I felt so convicted. I said, God, I don't ever... It not matter if I was born Italian. I've been born again into the kingdom culture. didn't matter if that was how I was raised. When my mom's yelling was most, when my mom's talking was most people's yelling. Are you listening? I didn't get a timeout except a boom to the face and then take a timeout like that. Are you listening? That's how timeout worked. Take a timeout. Okay. It don't matter if I was raised like that. Doesn't matter. I said, never again will I do that in my house. It's been now almost 10 years. My wife nor my children have never heard me raise my voice like that. I get angry. I get upset. But I don't go full on buck wild crazy. Are you listening? What is your taking off today and putting on? What are you going to be real with God today about? Because it's your choice. You did not have a choice to how people would treat you. But you now have a choice to what you'll do with that you don't have to carry bitterness you can let it go with forgiveness not saying i'm okay with it but what you're saying is i won't drink your poison and let it kill me i'm not going to let your hurt take over my life i won't let the pain dictate my future yes and i'll just say this last thing today some of you here you struggle with finances when i first got saved i didn't have any money and i remember getting a job and i was taught to tithe as a child but now it was from my own money not selling drugs but as a normal job delivering pizzas and not only did god listen not only did god say i want 10 percent from you but god told me every week i want you to take a hundred dollars out of your own money this is what he told me my mom is a witness to it and others at that time will tell you god told me to take a hundred dollars out of my own money go to the food bank buy food by the pound, which was a one pound was ten cents I would buy a thousand pounds of food, put it in my car and go to the inner city where I used to sell and buy drugs and give it away to the families that's what God told me to do with my money and I've never been broke since are you listening don't make your life about money and be greedy, the Bible says the greedy are idolaters, they worship their money Don't make money about sex and power, prestige, or even about things you think are good like your family because your wife will let you down, your parents will let you down, your kids will let you down. Set your heart on Jesus and be like God today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that what you've done in my heart and what you've done in those who are already baptized and are getting baptized, you can do in someone right now for the first time. I pray for everyone here today, if you don't know Jesus like that, if you haven't been forgiven, if you haven't taken on the new self, would you just say, right now, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart and change me. Ask him to change you, and he will. Say, Jesus, save my soul. I want to be born again. Now, those of you who are Christians and say, I want to live for Jesus. This is me. I want to do this all day, every day. Be honest and see if there's any junk in the trunk. Old habits coming back. And say, I am not that person anymore. I refuse to live that way. Lord, forgive me. I'm going to put on that new self. Live like you in true righteousness and holiness. 30 seconds before we roll out of here today. 30 seconds right now. Your choice. Take off the old. Put on the new. You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You weren't meant to carry around perversion. You weren't meant to carry around bitterness. You weren't meant to find those dirty things funny. You weren't meant to waste your life. You were made for a purpose. You were made to have dominion and authority in this
0: world, to be a conqueror, to be a son or daughter of a king. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus, may your kingdom
1: come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's all about you today. Ten more seconds. You make a decision. Make a decision on this baptism day to throw out the old and put on the new. It's your choice. It's your choice. Now with your hands raised, would you just say, I choose you today, Jesus. I choose you. Say it like you mean it. I choose you. Adam, would you just sing it out, please, as as an attitude of prayer. Come on. I I choose
0: choose you. you. Oh, I choose you. I I choose choose you. you. I choose kindness, I choose purity, I choose forgiveness, I choose you, I choose Jesus, I choose Jesus, I choose a new life, I choose holiness, I choose holiness, I choose righteousness, I choose eternal life, I choose God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I choose the destiny, God I choose you I choose you Jesus yes Lord In the life you have for me.
1: Would you look up at me before we transition, please? It's going to be a real easy transition, but I don't want anybody to get lost in it because especially if you're here and this is coming deep in your heart, we've got prayer workers up here to pray with you. So what we'll do is dismiss, and those who have to go, that's okay. You guys are free to go. Have a wonderful week. But those who want to stay, go and pick up your kids and come back. And those who are getting baptized, go and change in this bathroom here if you haven't, to meet us right there by the wall. But here's the deal. Don't miss this time of prayer with our leaders up here. If you know you got to make that change today and you want to make it real with somebody else to pray with you, to, to hold you accountable, to give you maybe a call this week, or just to encourage you. Maybe Brian will tell you his story or Carol or Jerry will tell you their story, okay, because you're not alone, right? I wish I had people like this. Remember I told you I'd pray there at that church? Man, they used to think I was so crazy. But I am so happy people from the streets, gangbangers, can come up here and find somebody to relate to. Those who have been dealing with homosexuality can find somebody to relate to. Do you know we just baptized a 65-year-old man in the first service? There are people here that can relate to you. You are not alone. Parents, you are not alone. You don't have to get stressed out. We will pray with you so that you can put on the new in all that you do. There's a new you, and it's time to live it. Amen? Father, bless us as we go and transition to baptism. May this day be a memorable day for us and be with those who have to go home. In
0: Jesus' name, and everybody said, give it up for Jesus and say amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, put on the new and take off the old. You you are dismissed. We're gonna transition now. I'll see you in the baptism tank.
2: Sealed to is what I believed. When, when I believed, I was, I was sealed by the promise of the Spirit. Spirit.
1: So just a few things as we get ready to do this. Those who are getting baptized, you don't want to touch the mic because we ain't ready for you to meet Jesus yet. Okay, so don't do that. Electricity is flowing through here. And then whenever you get baptized, just hold your hand over your chest and one over your nose we'll have a good time. Here's our first one coming up, Johnny Lopez. We're going to put you right down there. There you go. (laughs) Why do you want to be baptized?
2: Because I love Jesus and I want to know him more. Amen.
1: Let's give it up. Our brother, what's his name? Demetrio. Demetrio. Shout out the names for me, uh, Berto. Let's give it up for Demetrio as he comes. Now, I may not know Demetrio's name off top, but I do know a little bit of his story. This is a walking testimony of God's power right here. There is a new self that God has given him. So, Demetrio, tell us a little bit about it and why you want to be baptized, please.
2: Uh, Well, I I want to be adopted into the family of